is Bloomberg Surveillance. Consolidation makes sense in a growing world, but what we have right now is consolidations taking place in a flat world, and that's more concerning. The big issue is the role of government. That's where the differences are. That's where the American public is conflicted. That's the key issue, I think, that uh, this election is going to pivot on. You don't want to be out of bonds because you want to be sure that you've got a less volatile portfolio. So don't be out of fixed income, even though those rates are low, because fixed income plays a really important role in your portfolio, especially in retirement. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keene. Thrilled to have you on board with us on economics, finance, investment, on international relations, on the studio apartment I can't afford in Midtown Manhattan. We'll do that here in a bit and talk about real estate nationwide as well. Bloomberg Surveillance, brought to you by Cone Resnick Accounting Tax Advisory to seize opportunities in commercial real estate. Your business needs market-focused guidance from the industry-leading experts at Cone Resnick. Find out how at ConeResnick.com, C-O-H-N-R-E-Z. N-I-C-K, Conresnick.com. On the data front, the yen, what a dash to 107 this morning. We didn't get there. 108.48 right now. Still very strong uh, yen. And uh, I would note, Mike, also German yields um, lower this morning. The whole German curve moving lower. Yeah. I mean, it's just sort of a a move into the negative space. Copper off as well, off $4 on Chicago copper, 209. Uh, 90 futures deteriorate, negative 12 Dow futures, negative 91. Why don't you start with John Miller? We sat him over by you because I want to punch him <laughs> over what the price of real estate's doing. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it's his fault. Uh, wow. The, yeah. <laughs> well, the, it's good news, though, Tom, in, in John's latest report. You can't buy anything, but you might be able to rent something, right? Rents actually in Manhattan fell in the first quarter? Fell? Yes. Uh, on a year. Yeah, on a year-over-year basis, uh, the median rent uh, is down for the first time in 24 after 24 consecutive months. Okay, my entire staff of 25-year-olds is coming in here to take notes. Why do Yen just fell off his chair? They it, all it has been, been pro- a lo- it's been a long time since we've been having this discussion, but uh, but <clears throat> I I don't know if I would get your hopes up too high in, in the sense that they're going to continue to fall simply because the rental market is sitting within a very vibrant local economy. Uh, New York City is uh, running on all cylinders right now with record employment growth and uh, above trend, trend um, population growth. So it's it's a unique time. What, what, what about the rest of the boroughs? Well, so well, well uh, b- before that, um, just, just as a comment, why they're declining, it really is because – the um, the higher end, the upper half of the market is where all the supply is, and that's softer. But the lower end, sort of the the entry level market, is still the the rents have been rising um, quite a bit. But we've hit sort of an affordability threshold, I think. And as a result, what we're seeing in the outlying suburbs, record sales activity. So those thirty million dollar apartments in the hundred story building across the street here are our twenty five year olds will get a break on those. But right. the things that they would normally live Not in the, so the, much. No. Okay. Right. So never th- mind a- why you end you know, stay <laughs> stay where you are. But uh, as far as the outer boroughs go, uh, for uh, we're still seeing uh, rent growth in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is still the outlier of the boroughs, both in the sales market and the uh, rental market, seems to be uh, leading the way. Um, and we're seeing softness in Queens. So it, I think the region itself is seeing weaker rents on average, but it really is uh, – you, you have to look under the hood to see where it's actually changing. 
Is it uh, 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 pause? Uh, you know, when when uh, we overbuild, or is it going to start coming back again as the weather gets warmer, et cetera? Uh, no, I, I mean, you know, we're we're taking into uh, consideration uh, a seasonal. It, it really. What, what it is, and it's whether you're talking about the sales market or the rental market in the New York metro area, whether, whether we're talking boroughs or suburbs, the way to characterize the market in general is soft at the top and firmer in the middle and lower sections, uh, segments of the market. And that has been the developing phenomenon over the last year. I saw you quoted in a story, talking about those 100-story um, safe deposit boxes uh, <laughs> on, on billion, what are they called? Billionaire, Billionaire's Row Billionaire's on West 57. Yeah. Like one of them has been now postponed or something like that? Yeah, 111 uh, West 57th, which was uh, has a very small footprint. It's it's one of those super talls, as the British like to call them. Uh, they're going to delay a uh, hardcore sales effort for at least a year just to get a sense, just to see if the you know the market starts to <clears throat> sort of restart for that. You're the ex- Jonathan Miller with us, folks. You're the expert on this. I get this nationwide all the time, particularly in New York and Boston and in Washington. On the properties that we see in the New York Times magazine, what are the taxes on those properties? Or is it such a scam that they're paying a lot less than we think they should? Well, it it really depends on the property. So if you're talking about a... Uh, a modest $20 million townhouse, uh, you might be talking about real estate taxes of seventy-five or 100000 a year. Uh, so I guess... Are they paying their fair share? $20 million <laughs> or even the, the, the starter that Mike McKee's looking at, at $4 million. Right. Forget Donald Trump. Tom is leading the protest effort here. <laughs> no, I, I get this all the no, time. No, I mean, I, I think on the... So when you, when you think about the way the real estate taxes are calculated, certainly... Uh, on the uh, condo market, uh, proportionally versus single family, that there's uh, less taxes paid. On a condo? Yes. Okay, fine. But are the fat cats paying their fair share as they park their non-investment analysis gajillions in our property? Well, first of all, I want to... I want to disclaim that I don't know any fat cats. So, oh, so. come on. <laughs> They're lined up 10 deep in, in four zip codes. They don't care what the right. price is. They just put the money there. Right. Are they right. paying their fair share of taxes? Is that uh, my number three question I get? Well, I, I don't know about fair share, but in, if you compare it by property type, there's definitely disparities within the uh, tax system for residential real estate in New York, and it's been that way for a long time. Um, it becomes more exaggerated when you're talking about price points that are, you know, at levels that we've never seen Can before, we- uh, $50, 100000000 million. Mike, I'm looking at a chart from Metrocosm, and this is the kind of stuff that's out in the media. And it shows 15 Central Park West, which is, I know that's a starter place for you. You're such a hitter, Jonathan. But <laughs> 740 Park Avenue, the Ritz-Carlton, blah, 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 blah. And they're paying way less Absolutely. than somebody with a three-bedroom in Queens trying to figure out if the number seven works today. Right. I, I, there's clearly a disparity in the tax system. Between, Why? I I. Didn't, I didn't write it. I didn't negotiate it. I don't know. It's just that's the way it's always been, and it's been that way, and there's clear disparity between single-family tax classifications and multifamily. It, it, it just that's the way it's set up. And I don't it, mind the condo. Mike, help me here. I don't mind the condo single-family home thing. I get that. 
Mm-hmm. But what I don't get is the perception I hear from viewers, thank you, and listeners, thank you so much for enjoying Bloomberg's surveillance, that the guy, you name the, name the borough, who's, right. let's say they're making 250, 240, all in three people working, whatever. <laughs> they got a tax bill. Great. Yep. And the, the fat cats, and I don't mean 157, they all pick on that monstrosity. I mean, some fancy pants condo in downtown. Are they paying the same in that seven-story condo downtown? Uh, you know, the the valuation is set up based on the uh, the assessment. It's the rate that is different for. So the they're assessed type. differently is the issue. Uh, they're no, it's it's the it's the tax rate for each classification is different. So the tax classification of what would a condo would fall in is at a lower rate than a single family. I know that, but you, I, I, this I get it, it is it is proportional to value. So if you look at a condo in you know that's selling for ten million and a condo that's selling for two million, proportionally they're fairly consistent. Uh, assuming there's no tax abatement. Uh, well, is, this, is, is it the same kind of complicated story in a place like San Francisco? I mean, we, we're, we're looking yeah, at good New question. York real estate is terrible. Well, San Francisco prices are terrible. Do they have the same issues? Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of the disadvantages they have over us is that they can't expand outward and they can't go higher because of earthquake country. Uh, here we seem to have figured out a way to go higher. And in, in Atlanta, you... You spread outward. Mike, your <laughs> so. apartment's here, 740 Park Avenue, number 12 and number 13. You combined those, didn't you? Right, right. <laughs> they, they say this article says their actual valuation should be 50, they should, 50 million and the value of the property tax is like under four. Well, actually, in the case of 740 Park, which is a co-op, uh, and actually there was a fire in that building yesterday, uh, that the... Um, uh, the taxes for co-ops by the city are actually calculated as mm-hmm. if it were a rental. Exactly. Which is, which is a machination. I'm just telling you that I get more, I get almost as many questions on this as I do, uh, there's no inflation. Drives our listeners nuts <laughs> when economists say there's no inflation. Right, right. I imagine. I don't mean to beat you to death. We want you to come back. But th- this is a huge issue for people. As long as I'll, I'm happy to come back as long as they don't think that I hang out with them. Okay, we got to come back. Jonathan Miller with us. Miller Samuel. Well, definitely not with us. Futures at negative 11. Dow futures at negative 80. All right, let's check in with Michael Barr now and get the latest nationals, national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. The head of a U.N. counterterrorism task force has opened a first-of-its-kind conference in Geneva by declaring that there is no quick fix, there is no magic wand with which to confront violent extremism. The two-day conference includes government envoys, civil society advocates, social media gurus, and U.N. officials. It's part of U.N. Secretary General Ban Ki-moon's efforts to address the root causes of terrorism. A local official says dozens of insurgents are dead after a pre-dawn attack on a Pakistani security post along the Afghan border that sparked an hours-long gun battle. Firefighters are setting backfires to try to corral a wildfire that jumped the Colorado River from Arizona to California. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike. Michael Barr, thanks so much. Coming back, I promise I'll be civil to Jonathan Miller of Miller Samuel. We'll have a civil conversation on the uncivil business known as your next property. Bloomberg Survey. Silence.
The news update brought to you by Flushing Bank. Open a complete business checking account with $15,000 or more and get a free 16-gig Wi-Fi tablet. Visit FlushingBank.com for details. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures moving lower this morning. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Vince Signorella. Good morning, Vince. Good morning, Karen. As you say, U.S. futures are lower. Dow is down 81, S&P down 11, NASDAQ down 20. The 10-year yield is slightly lower at 1.73%. Dollar is mostly higher, with the one glaring exception of dollar-yen, which is off its 108.02 lows, trading at 108.35. On the U.S. economic front, at 8.30, we have initial jobless claims, 10.30 EIA, natural gas storage change, at 3 p.m., consumer credit. After the bell, Fed Chair Janet Yellen takes part in a discussion with former Fed chiefs Ben Bernanke, Alan Greenspan, and Paul Volcker. In some of today's top news, J.P. Morgan shareholders proposing that Jamie Dimon no longer hold dual role as chairman and CEO. Monsanto says it no longer sees large-scale M&A as a strategy. The U.S. bracing for first quarter company earnings expected to show the, deepest, the steepest drop in six and a half years, led by the energy sector. Live from the first word breaking news desk, I'm Vincent Signorella. Karen? All right, thanks, Vince. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk a go on your terminal. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K go. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thanks so much. Greatly appreciate that. Good morning, everybody. Bloomberg surveillance. This morning, and as Karen mentioned, negative 10, and Vince mentioned negative 77 on the Dow uh, as well. Lots to talk about with John Miller. First, though, Bloomberg surveillance. Brought to you by Invesco. Factor-based strategies can help investors focus on high quality, low volatility, and more. Learn more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. Invesco.com slash high conviction. Jonathan Miller with us with Miller Samuel. For all of our listeners nationwide, we get a huge response when you're on. It's sick. How much down payment do I need? Well, for the most part, it's 20% unless you go through FHA and then you can get three and a half. It's like 12 people, right, in the country. (laughs) It is one of the reasons why uh, bank lenders' um, credit conditions remain fairly tight on that side of the uh, lending circle. And um, that's one of the reasons why we're seeing, you know, rising prices across the U.S. It's sort of choking off inventory still to this day. And this has been going on for... So the rising prices on a microeconomic basis is because there's nothing out there for sale. Correct. It's it's not about wage growth. Uh, you we know, know maybe that. Recently, yeah. um, and uh, it, it really, that's been the driver. In fact, if you look at uh, NAR's existing home sale numbers, just over the last two years, the year-over-year uh, patterns for inventory have either been negative or flat, uh, and that is correlated with rising home prices. Well, you know, as an economist, you'd say then markets will clear. They will build more houses. But why, why are they not meeting the demand? Well, part, there's, a, there's a lot of moving parts. One of them is the emphasis on building over the last uh, few years has been skewed towards the higher end of the market. And part of that is because land sales uh, are, have been uh, remained stubbornly high. And so as a result, um, when you have higher going in costs, you have to create housing that's skewed to the high end. So the supply at the, say, the lower half or the lower third of the market doesn't get 
uh, additional product, and that keeps it tight. And that's why there's this pattern of uh, sort of, you know, weak at the top. Uh, I'd like to say it's like an ice cream cone, sort of soft at the top and firm everywhere else, but uh, that's probably a bad analogy. Um, and and this is pervasive, uh, not just in urban markets, but in suburban markets, uh, outlying suburbs, the high-end markets tend to be the softest. Maybe it's a, a timing issue where the, the high-end markets sort of peaked first, and uh, now we're, we're looking at the rest of it. Well, is there a, what's, the, what's the hottest market in America? Ooh. Yeah, within two blocks on the Upper West Side. <laughs> well, you know, the, the way, uh, first of all, I don't use the word hot because then I'd be like, would be uncomfortable saying hot, but uh, but I but I the way I the way I look at it is, uh, you know, we have just in the New York metro area we have pretty brisk activity. Um, the outlying suburbs brisk folks. Can I transfer uh, Jonathan Miller talk? Brisk means you can't afford it. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the brisk translation means that, um, the pace of absorption, meaning the, uh, number of months it would take to sell all the inventory at the current rate of sales in the outlying suburban markets and in some of the boroughs like Brooklyn are extremely low, uh, four or five months, whereas, you know, something more balanced might be six, seven, eight months. Um, so it's very fast and it's very fast because you have elevated sales activity despite uh, the problems with credit, in addition to uh, chronically low inventory, well, except at the very high end, right? The the super the super tall sort of phenomenon that we've had in New York. That's that's where the uh, activity has uh, really one thousand Mike one thousand five hundred ninety two dollars per square foot, two bedrooms, two bath. This is a tiny place. It's got zero charm. It's on the Upper East Side. A great address. $2.4 million. What's the taxes on that puppy? <laughs> <laughs> Is there any hot neighborhood in New York now? Uh, duh. So, so, so right now, uh, is that a co-op? I don't know. Yeah, it's a condo. <laughs> it's a condo. It's been, it's been listed for six days, so it's probably already gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the way to think of it, uh, the, right now, sort of the average, Monthly, monthly common Carry. charges, real estate taxes and common yeah. charges together is a, is about a buck, between a buck eighty and two dollars a foot per month. So if you have fifteen hundred feet, the average is 3, somewhere around three thousand bucks. That's right. Everybody okay. drove off the road outside a hundred mile radius of New York and Boston. Right. Three thousand a month. And that that's just the monthly carry. Yeah, that's that's. But part of that's deductible if you're if it's real estate taxes. Uh, but 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 that's the number. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> Help me, Mike. I can't, I'm speechless. With, once again, I'm speechless. With so John combative. <laughs> but then you don't have to. John, they are lined. I kid you tax. not. They're lined up outside my building. Looking at property. Tom, nobody the, speaks English. They're all carrying very expensive briefcases. In the first quarter of 2016, our research showed that 48% of the transactions that closed in Manhattan sold at or above list price. Precisely. That, and so, obviously, above list price is a bidding war, and uh, at li list price is Probably half of that is a bidding war. So that ends up getting you like, you know, 25% okay. of the transaction. Don't be a stranger. Come by more often. Jonathan Miller with our briefing on real yeah, estate taxes. Sure <laughs> it's Bloomberg surveillance. I need, I need medication. <laughs>
Kelly up there with all due respect. Highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com or call 1-800-54WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond. You got your